0: Welcome to this week's episode of the HRDQU in Review podcast, where we bring you the latest insights and practical tools for enhancing soft skills training in your organization. This podcast is brought to you by HRDQU.com, and I am your host, Sarah, Learning Events Manager at HRDQU. And today, Bill Ryan is joining me, who presented the webinar, Leading Hybrid Teams to our community of learning professionals. Today, we'll be talking a bit more about that topic, as well as the changes Bill's seeing in the L&D space and getting to know Bill little bit better. So thanks so much for joining me today Bill.
1: Oh thanks for having me. appreciate it Sarah.
0: So let's get things started here. Just bring everybody up to speed for those that didn't get to listen to the webinar or that you know hadn't you know are, are tuning in and it's been some time since we've we've uh, recorded that webinar together. So let everybody know you know what were the key takeaways for the registrants at this this event.
1: Well, especially as we, you know, continue to learn what this whole idea of being remote and hybrid, what, what it all kind of comes down is, is really is, is this kind of fluid structure that I think organizations are starting to find out that there has to be more fluidity within the people, but also within the structure of the organization, you know, tapping into the resources that people need, getting connections to the right groups, other people in other groups is a part of it. And then in that is aligning people to purpose. You know, we've, we've always had the connection at work with other people, but developing those relationships, it begins with a shared common purpose. So leaders, I think, are going to have to step up in new ways that they haven't had to in ways of communication. And that communication has to happen early and often, more than just validation. I mean, we all like to know when, you know, hey, you're doing a good job. And especially in a remote and hybrid space, I think it's even more important to let people know how they're doing. That, but, but the communication also has to be done in a way that lets them see where the other people are. It's that creating of those connections and using the different channels that we have available to us, both synchronous and asynchronous. to keep you know, engagement levels high, both peer-to-peer and from a leader to their teammates. In that, I think one of the other takeaways was you know, the culture. Because the culture is changing and, and I think we all have an opportunity to create a new kind of culture that has that organizational drive, but in that fluid process is a curious drive. You know, this is the uh, the opportunity to ask more questions. Why is one of my favorite question, the world words in the world? And, and in that you can see clarification. That encourages the opportunity to have deeper discussions and challenges, and that fosters a respectful opportunity with other peers and other connections within your organization to process work differently. That doesn't mean that it, we, uh, our teams, you know, as we've known them, are going away, but they are changing in how we look about teams. Before it would be kind of who you know and how you know them. Now I think it's the same process, but leaders are going to drive those connections, building those networks with support groups. ITHR procurement. I think it's extending the connections that we have and building deeper communities is going to be one of the opportunities that we have within this kind of fluid organization. And finally, I think the last thing is is being clear about expectations. Defining roles and responsibilities has always been a key part of setting up projects and works, but now I think we have to over communicate in this hybrid space because distance can create confusion. So, you know, putting those expectations clearly up front defining roles and responsibilities of people within the team it all comes together in creating this kind of more fluid organization.
0: And I think that's a great lead into this next question here. You know, what changes do you see happening in the L and D space right now in regards to, to hybrid hybrid work?
1: I think there's two key shifts that are going on right now. And, and the first one comes about the flexibility. You know, people have had to experience what it's like to be remote and in hybrid. And the second really, I think, comes in is about um, the performance section of what people expect. And and in that I think there's a little, you know, push and pull from, from managements across different kinds of company, with that, you know, do we go full remote, do we do a hybrid or or do we return to the office? And and I think those both of those points that come down to is is it hits about trust. I think we're having I think a more honest discussion about trust, you know, both from a peer-to-peer Will you do what you say you're going to do on the time frame you're going to do it? But also from a leader to a teammate perspective, do I trust that you're going to do the things, you know, as we agreed upon when I can't see you? You know, it's a little bit of I think for leaders is, you know, how can you how can you tell I'm a leader if you can't see me leading? And, and we've got to get beyond that. Because in this kind of L&D space, it's it's kind of coming on to idea of what, what we define as success. And that's where the performance aspect comes into play. You know, how do we define what success looks like? You know, from a work perspective in that organization that's very fluid, that means roles, rewards, and measurement about what success is going to be redefined. So leaders, I think, have, you know, some new areas where they have to focus more about project Versus participation, we're not taking attendance anymore. We're not checking tasks off the list. I think now leaders are actually stepping more up into the idea of being, you know, the provoker of conversations, the supporter of curious workers, the creator of connections, and the builder of networks.
0: Great, and and so the title of the session was was leading hybrid teams. But what really is a hybrid key team? Can you define that for us?
1: Ah, uh, well. Uh, this is my opinion but i look (laughs) at a hybrid team as it's made up of people who work both in office and remotely now that could include people that are splitting times between locations some people who are always in office and even those who are fully remote it's a hybrid team if you've got people that are in some kind of flux and i think the key about this is that this kind of flexible work arrangement is going to change as people's needs change you know, when I had younger children, I needed more flexibility around pickup and drop off times than perhaps I do now and now that they're in college. So I think when people have different needs that are both blended in that personal space, but also in their professional space, it's going to be what suits them best in terms of their life needs, but also to meet the organizational productivity needs. There was a, a great quote that, um, Uh, George Penn, who is a VP at Gartner, uh, said that I really like to, you know, share about it because he talked about this kind of idea of success in this hybrid space was viewing hybrid and hybrid environments as a temporary or short-term strategy is not where we have to look at this. It's this, this is an opportunity to build on and expand our organizations as they are. This is a chance to create a very new and dynamic workforce that builds on people's strengths. Based on trust, and extends flexibility that will meet performance, success, and building organizational goals.
0: And it seems like now you know so much time has passed, and the hybrid teams are very common amongst companies. And um, what some of what are some of the challenges that come with leading hybrid teams? And you know what are you seeing from from your clients and the people that you work with that that, that they're struggling with?
1: Yeah, setting expectations. You know, I, and, and the, the one thing that I'm, I am seeing from the clients I work with is, is that um, especially the, the leaders that are returning to the office, they kind of fall back into the old traps of assuming uh, what they had in, you know, three and a half years ago is what they're dealing with now, um, that they can just say something to somebody and it gets passed around. Um, I think that this, you know, uh, hybrid space has to bring new ways leaders lead, Um, setting protocols around communications, setting up timeframes, again, setting expectations clearly, uh, knowing uh, what to expect and when to expect it. Uh, You can't just drop by somebody's cube and say, do you have this? Um, They may not be in their cube at home. Uh, They may be picking someone up. They may be dropping someone off, you know? And I think that's okay, but I think the issue comes into is what's our focus? You know, if we're expecting work to be done at a certain time, then trade the time is the the key and then foster the communications, connect and connect, um, I think is going to be that that issue of balance that I see as the the biggest challenge. So, you know, find out when you can connect with people. Um, The biggest thing is, is, you know, make it personal. We have all the high technology in the world and we've learned we can use it. But we still require a higher degree of high touch. And I think for leaders, the biggest issue is, you know, don't just send a, a chat message or, or you know, an email. Pick up the phone. Just talk to somebody sometimes. You know, if you're driving someplace, you can say, hey, look, I'm in the middle of something. I'll get it to you in 30 minutes. That's fine. You know, I think that's one of the, the challenges that, that are, are easy to overcome. But it, it does require resetting. The expectations as leaders, but also resetting the expectations of the team.
0: So how do you create a hybrid team?
1: I think the process is very similar as when you'd start, you know, in a startup kind of organization. It's about setting up a process. In in a hybrid team where you've already got an existing group of teammates, I think this is where everybody has to come together and set up the kind of agreements around core needs. You start with the technology, you start with the tools that everyone agrees this is what we're going to use. Then you come to the point about where information is going to be stored. Naming protocols, archive dates, access control, all those kind of protocols have to be set up in place and agreed upon. Then the next step is about communication. When are you going to use email? When does instant messaging you know, take a place? When do you put your web camera on? or off. And when's the best time just to pick up the phone and talk. And then the final part of that this really comes into is is that conflict is a normal part of the day, it just happens. So what I've seen for successful hybrid teams is that you actually establish the process to name conflict, face it, and a resolution process that comes in that both respects the professional and includes a respectful personal Interaction, so that every value is involved, all people are included, and and I think it comes to the point of where you know we have to name these things and 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 know they're going to happen. We can't just ignore them. So set it up ahead of time, set it up in advance, and then and then the last final final step is really about when do we get together. You know, this, you can't just come around and go, hey, quick, everybody in the conference room, kind of thing. In this kind of space, I think it kind. It leads itself to defining when and how teams gather so that it's an open acknowledgement and respect of people's times. Let's be honest. We've probably all been called into a meeting that we're standing there going, why am I here? (laughs) So, no, it's never happened to you, has it? Um, (laughs) But, you know, not all people need to meet for all things. So defining when people should meet for tasks, Projects or all hand sessions, I think, really helps. And putting in those kind of guidelines about when this kind of takes place and where it'll fit in the person's priority, so they know, hey, this is matters. I've got to, I've got to do this, and that kind of comes into the idea of being responsive. You know, those are the expectations again. You know, when do we respond to emails? When do we respond to calls? Um, when is it okay to to elevate and prioritize a need? You know, if I say I'm going to respond to an email within eight hours or a one day, you know, when is it okay to say, no, I really do need this right now. And when is it okay just to pick up the phone and go, if I'm calling and it's an off kind of what our agreed upon hours are, this really is a, a fire I need help on. And and to help set that. So people have an expectation. It's not just like showing up out of the blue and you kind of go, uh, what do I do now? Now people will have an understanding of what they need to do and why. And again, it comes back down to that trust. And I think there's a degree of respect going in all directions too.
0: And what would you, would you share as a key shift that a leader must make with its remote or hybrid team to be successful?
1: It all comes down to changing how you view work. Again, you know, what we, what the space was three, four years ago, is not the space we're in right now. So put yourselves in 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 another person's shoes. Um, you know, if you're uh, if you're you know working in office, leading people that are still remote and hybrid, you know, coming in and coming out, put yourselves in their shoes and think about that experience. We've got to create a place now as leaders where the employee experience is the same no matter where you are. Uh, one of the groups I've been working with has come to the point going, if if anyone is not in office then if we have a meeting then we're all on zoom that's or teams or whatever tool you choose but that way it's not that there's some people in a conference room and some people remote no even if you're in office you're in your space you're on zoom because the employee experience should be the same the processes that we work and and that we interact with others have got to become more inclusive you know if you're remote you're not hearing all the news. So you've got again, again, leadership time over communicate. And, and, you know, just because you did it one way once upon a time doesn't mean it was a good way. There's an opportunity now to say, you know, change practices and business processes so that they're more efficient and they allow people, no matter where they are or when they're accessing them to be more efficient. So I think this is a, a real opportunity to, to, you know, Create this uh, communication that, that makes this kind of remote and hybrid team more effective. That does come back to leadership and communication. Uh, you can't over communicate. Um, I do think that this is a real plus for leaders. You know, it's taking us away from the clipboard media of, of checking, you know, boxes on projects. Um, we're back to leading people. Um, context, openness. Um, I just read something from Gallup. That talked about uh, looking at the, the fact that, that there was some more efficiencies and, and retention engagement uh, issues when people were, were together in an in a in-office kind of experience. But what overshadowed that number extensively was the fact that um, if they had meaningful feedback in the past week from their leader... They were much more highly engaged. And it was it was an incredibly a large number. And I wish I had the quote I, but it just came out in the last few days. And and that I think leads back to the idea of of being able to schedule more time with people, do more one-on-ones, be more informal, listen. Listen with your heart, you know, be more compassionate, you know, share early. Sure. Often, focus on on the things that help people stay. You know, the kind of stay interview framework. I think this is part of what you know going into a conversation with a teammate does help that that process also of creating a successful hybrid team. And and the thing that I look at from hybrid teams is that I I really think it's it's bridging a gap um, between you know what the business needs in terms of productivity, and and what we have found is as teammates. You know, a little more autonomy and a need for flexibility. And I, I've come down to, you know, having people focus, you know, the people I work with that focus on what I call the three E's effectiveness, empowerment, and efficiency. And, and where I think, you know, leaders come into is, is that they have to, you know, help focus people on what, again, what success looks like with this kind of remote productivity that focuses more on outcomes instead of being in the office and having that face time, where we can accommodate flexibility and still be very inclusive in terms of creating connections, collaboration, and fostering creativity and innovation from all of our teammates wherever they are. Now, I think this is a shift in how we look at performance, you know, how we measure it, and where we have an opportunity to start looking upon coaching and mentoring and providing guidance to our teams as a strength and this kind of helps them, you know, look at the ways of, of impacting their performance success and their productivity of the organization. And that's kind of how our measurement tools will go. Those are the kind of things that I think when we look at them holistically, bring remote teams as, as not a difference and hybrid workers, not as the outliers, but as kind of the flexible teams that are able to adapt and adjust to the ambiguous world we are now living in. It makes them more responsive and ultimately, the organization were successful.
0: And going back to your comment about Zoom meetings and having you know everybody be on a Zoom or online remote meeting when you have some folks that are in the office, others that are remote at home, do you think that that can cause frustration for the people that are in the office than tuning into an, a virtual meeting?
1: Well, I you know I don't think so. Well, I can be devil's advocate and give you yes and no. (laughs) Um, I think the key that I found with this one group that I worked with was that when if if somebody was remote, everybody went on Zoom. And that was so to keep the field level. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, I think that created a a more fair conversation with those that were not in the office. Um, One of the things that came kind of an interesting byproduct was one of the people that had gone into the office because they thought they really needed to kind of came back later and said Do you realize i'm spending 80 percent of my time on zoom in my cube i don't know why i'm doing that because you know this person was was commuting almost an hour and and I, which i didn't know at the time and 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 their leader you know didn't even think about it and they went Do I really have to do this? You know, I'm I'm on Zoom with, you know, because I'm on Zoom. And I think this is an opportunity where we can start saying, look, what roles, you know, when do you need to come together? You know, some work obviously is going to be in person and that's always going to be that way. Some work can be done, you know, fully remote. And some work, I think, does need, you know, a hybrid spends. I also think it, it, it depends on where you are in your career. It depends on where you are in terms of knowing the people that you're working with, you know, the time in, in, within the organization, um, the levels of trust that you've already built up. So I think there's there's um, I don't think there's a single answer for everybody. But I think the issue about, you know, being in, in that um, experience, everybody's got to have the same employee experience. Because if you don't, you know, we create the haves and the have-nots. And, and that's when things, I think, get ugly and bad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before we close out today, can you let everybody know what exciting things are you up to next?
1: <laughs> well, I've been just finishing up, uh, wrapping up a project that has been in- incredibly exciting. You know, in, in my past life as a, as a chief learning officer, one of the best parts about that job way back when was the idea of, of helping, you know, craft... Kind of a strategic plan that that you know aligned itself and integrated itself with the business objectives. And I just finished a project for a, a, a small organization, and in that you know was was crafting not only their their kind of strategic plan, but looking at the entire process of how learning was going to be a key component for this organization's retention policy and that you know how they could you know develop their own internal talents and and looking at you know what the skills and, and behaviors that they wanted people to be capable of in advancing in their uh, organization in new roles and, and new activities. And and so I got to do a little by kind of breadth and depth kind of work and and watching them implement it now has been incredibly uh, rewarding and, and uh, uh, has been just positive to see, you know, the time spent with that organization creating kind of a findings from the, from the field of what people wanted and where they, what they wanted. Um, with the biggest aha going, a highly technical workforce wanted more life skills, as I call them, some call them soft skills, and also wanted to know what more people were doing across the organization. Than then developing their technical skills and bringing that back to leadership that said oh wow we didn't know we just thought they wanted more technical skills and seeing how that could come together to start building a more um again broader and and deeper str- bench strength across that organization has been just really really just it was a great project <laughs>
0: that sounds amazing and and bill where can people go to connect with you learn more about your work and and what you do
1: uh w or excuse me uh go to my website williamjryan.com and you can always uh, uh i'm on linkedin too as william j ryan but you can also just send me an email at bill at ryan.com
0: <laughs> well great thank you so much for your time today bill
1: i appreciate the opportunity and thanks again sarah for the chance to share this with everybody
0: And thank you all for tuning into this week's episode. We hope you enjoy listening to the HRDQ and Review podcast available on all major streaming platforms. And if you did enjoy today's episode, make sure to give us a follow and leave us a review. I will see you all next week.